Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, boys, and one. Cool. All right. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we cover McDonald's, Overwatch 2, and manga releases. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of This Week in Geek, where it is Tuesday. We normally record on a Monday, but uh, Mondays got busy this week. So, hooray, we are recording on a Tuesday, and I just got back watching Guardians of the Galaxy and stuffing my face with a McDonald's. How has your night been, Kevin? Uh, pretty good. I, I was casting earlier today for Unite Battle Hub. Ooh, um, so I nice. was able to do that. Kwagashi got a little bit of screen time, which if you guys don't know who Kwagashi is, uh, it is, it is the, uh, the puppet, the, the Quagsire, Quagsire puppet, right? puppet with the headset and the bow tie. Um, he's, <laughs> he's taking over my job. I'm going to retire soon. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is exactly what's going on. Um, and yeah, was able to cast. It was EMEA today, so um, Europe, Middle East, and Africa region combined uh, to go ahead and play in this like mini tournament. So hmm. uh, definitely a lot of casting, a lot of interesting metas. Uh, you don't you don't see a lot of like variety of Pokemon, um, but yeah, very very interesting stuff that we got going on um, overall. But um, yeah, that, that's been about it. Other than that, just chilling, reading some manga, trying to catch up. Uh, before the big release, which I will let you guys know about uh, at the very end of the podcast today, um, the 23rd is kind of a big day for for manga. So uh, another one to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, what about you, Matt? How's everything going on, on your end? Everything's been pretty OK. We opened up the um, the show on Friday, the Explorers Club. So that was fun. We sold out the first night. Um, second night, I think we were about... I actually don't remember how many we sold. We didn't we didn't quite hit um full capacity. Um and then on the Sunday, which was a matinee on Mother's Day, we actually got like I think the theater has like 80 seats we sold between like 60 and 70 and like they were a really good crowd. So that was fun. I think also maybe some of them probably went to like bottomless mimosas before. So that probably uh <laughs> that probably helped. <laughs> make them laugh it's interesting because it's like um the first night like they were they were great they were a really good opening crowd and they laughed at a lot of things the second night it took them time to warm up but they laughed in places that like we didn't think people would laugh it's like they they kind of like were a little bit more cerebral about the comedy and then the third night they just kind of laughed at everything so it's interesting like when you're you're doing a play you honestly never know when people are going to laugh. Like you think you have an idea where people are going to laugh. You think you know what's funny, but then you'll have nights like the Saturday night where things that normally like, and the other two performances got really big laughs where like when you're reading it and you're doing it as actors, you're like, okay, they're going to laugh here. Nobody laughs. Not even a Twitter, not, not even like a, a slight chuckle, or maybe you've got one person in the crowd who gets it. But then the rest of it, it's like, 
they're laughing. It, it's more fun when they're laughing at everything, but it's also interesting when they're not laughing to see which parts that they pick up on, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's get into the news of the week. Um, let's start this week with some, so some good stuff, I guess. So, Kevin, the world's oldest dog. Remember when we talked about El Pupper, Pupperino? Yeah, it's been a while, but I remember talking about the oldest dog. And do you remember how old the world's oldest dog was? Uh, words. Do you remember how old the world's oldest dog is? I don't remember. Okay, so the world's oldest dog is 30 years old. Okay. Currently. Okay. Um, he is. His name is Bobby. He is a purebred Raffaero do Alentejo. I've never heard of that breed before, but he's a purebred one of those who lives in rural Portugal. And on Saturday, he turns 31. For context, his owner, Lionel Costa, is 38 years old. That's crazy. Like, no, not not only is the dog older than us, but like, it's it's still doing stuff. He's almost as old as his owner. Yeah, and so Bobby only eats human food and loves a good nap, according to his owners. And I also think they said that he uh, he's never been leashed. Like he, not never been leashed, but like he doesn't typically like be on leash. Um. He, again, he lives in, in Portugal and is not only the oldest dog alive in the world, I think he's the oldest dog on record. Um, he's going to have a very traditional Portuguese party with, I think, over 100 guests, and some of them are like flying in to the country to celebrate with this dog. Um, local meats and fish will be served with extra helpings, of course, for the birthday boy. Um, a dance troupe is set to perform, and Bobby will participate in one of the dances. Um yeah, Guinness World Records said he is both the oldest living dog in the world and the oldest living dog ever, according to their records. Um, I think I read another article about Bobby where they said that, like, it's getting kind of difficult and he's getting a little bit stressed out because people are trying to, like, come up to the property to see him a lot. So that's mm-hmm. not great. So let's let's not stress out the world's oldest dog who doesn't need any more stress in his life. He's already old. Leave him be. Like for context, my dog is only 19 and he's he's already showing signs of his age. So I can't imagine like a dog living to 31 and like apparently he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So how old is he going to go forever? He's just going to he's going to live out of all of us. Every single yeah. one of us is going to. Yeah. We're all going to be in the ground, and in the end, it's just going to be Bobby left. Yeah. Just wandering the universe. That is the for... that is the trade that that they made. <laughs> looking for a nice, like, soft patch on some random planet to just sit and nap. Okay, so moving on. Speaking of McDonald's, which I just had for dinner, um, they are in another lawsuit for very, very, very hot food. Um which is interesting because like for me, it's funny for me because like when you get home, it's like the food is already ice cold by the time I've like driven the five minutes to get home. Um, okay, so I, I, just a story about this McDonald's that I went to. So there's I went to the movie and right across the street is McDonald's. And like I wouldn't go to this McDonald's normally 
if there was anything closer because this McDonald's is is just probably the second worst McDonald's I've ever been to. The first worst one was in Nashville, Tennessee, and they had uh, just rats in the walls, and it was terrible. So um, this one doesn't quite have the rats yet, so that's the only reason why it was spared. But it's like every single time that we go, they get the order wrong, and it takes them at least like a half hour to eat. Like my sister only ordered a cheeseburger and um, a coffee, and it took them a half hour to get the coffee and the <laughs> cheeseburger. And they even got her coffee wrong. So just I, I and like when she was trying to order the coffee from their menu, it's like listed as like a I think a mocha or something. It's like listed on the menu, like right behind this dude's head. He had no idea what she was talking about. It's like, oh, you mean like a frap? No, it's your coffee. It's it's on your goddamn menu. <laughs> It's it's literally behind you, right there. It's right, right it's right there. It's it's listed with the price and everything, and they still got it wrong. So, um, screw the McDonald's in Canyon Country next to the Regal Cinema because y'all suck. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve every bad Yelp review. Like a lot of the time, Yelp reviews are like skewed because someone is like rude and did not get their way because they were being rude. No, this place absolutely deserves every one star review that it ever gets. They're bad. Anyway, back to why we're talking about McDonald's. Um, So they're found liable in another lawsuit because their very hot food burned somebody. You, and you know, you know the famous case about McDonald's burning people, right, Kevin? With the yeah. Yeah. With the coffee, which people like malign this woman who got burned by her coffee, but if you really look into the history of that lawsuit, a lot of the, um, I guess I wouldn't say mythology, but a lot of what like people know through osmosis was tainted by McDonald's lawyers and lobbyists and like rumors spreading. So to make her look stupid when really it was McDonald's at fault, they're just trying to save face. Here's another case where they still haven't learned not to superheat your food. So there is a, um, mother who ordered some happy meals for her kids in Florida. Um, and she's, as she's driving away, her daughter who she bought the food for starts screaming. Um, and it turns out that a, a chicken nugget had given her like it fallen on her skin and given her second degree burns. Now, part of the reason why is because it got caught underneath the seatbelt and the child is autistic. So there's really the, you you really cannot find this child at fault because she's autistic. She literally cannot help it. Um, that she can't communicate, that she doesn't really know what to do, and she's just scared because she's being burned by a chicken nugget. And second degree burns are something that are very painful. I've heard that. I think I can't. I think it was in a, during a first aid class that I took that second degree burns are some of the most painful because. A first-degree burn, I don't think you really get to the nerve endings yet. Second-degree burn, the nerve endings are exposed. Third-degree burns, the nerve endings are burned away. So because the nerves are exposed in a second-degree burn, from what they told me in this first aid class, that causes the most amount of pain. So um, the moms have obviously sued McDonald's and the um, the franchise, there was no dispute from either the franchise or McDonald's or whatever that 
the chicken nugget did cause the burn. The dispute was whether or not they should have to pay. Um, they McDonald's said that in order to prevent um, salmonella or any other kind of um, foodborne illness from people get, getting people getting that from eating the chicken nuggets, that's why they heat their food to that temperature. Um, but the lawsuit was claiming that they superheated it to way above what was necessary. And according to the lawsuit, the family's lawyers said that the chicken nugget was above 200 degrees, while McDonald's said it was no more than 160 degrees. Um, anyway, the point is, be careful when you're ordering McDonald's because... They still haven't learned. They're still superheating their food. And even if they admit that they are li- that it was their fault, they're going to fight you on that lawsuit. So don't expect an easy time getting what you are claiming. And in so McDonald's itself, in this case, McDonald's themselves were not found to be liable, but the um the franchise owner was the one found to be liable. And the judgment for the family was that um she was awarded $160,000 in compensatory damages and 2.7 million in punitive damages. So good, good job suing McDonald's. Yeah. The kid was only seven too. So like a seven year old autistic child, you really cannot find them at fault. When was the last time you had a McDonald's chicken nugget, Kevin, and how hot was it? Or was it ice cold? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, when was the last time I went to McDonald's? I think it's been, it's definitely been more than like two weeks. I don't think I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Mine was about a half hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it was lukewarm at best. Curse yeah, my, mine was solid. Like, I guess. I mean, usually I only go like late night when everything else is closed. So. Right, right. That's why I went there. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on. Um, you know Vice Kevin, right? The uh the media company. Yeah. Known for their uh their edgy content and just all the reporting on weird sex stuff yeah. all the time. Well, um, they are filing for bankruptcy, which is insane because they were one at one point worth almost six billion dollars. So um Currently, they are trying to sell, I think, the company for between $500 million to $1 billion, which, again, is considering they were worth $6 million at one point is a huge step down for what they were at one point evaluated at. Um, currently, like Vice TV is not part of what's being sold. It's just the Vice online news company. Um, and, I mean, they only expect to be in this bankruptcy phase for maybe like, according to them, 45 days or less. So maybe like a month and a half or so because they're trying to sell but to some investors or, and whatnot. But um, I think it's, it's just not that I, I read vice too much anymore, but considering how, how big they were and like how known they are on the internet for their weird, overly edgy content. Um, It's just, it, it feels like the end of an era of the internet, especially now that a lot of internet journalism companies and publications 
are going under. Like my, my the last job I had before my full time um, was working for the Santa Cruz Proclaimer and ran out of money, had to shutter. So a, a huge company like Vice that has Pulitzers and, and all these awards and is, is known for at at some point doing quality journalism is gone or is not gone, but is, is suffering and had to declare bankruptcy is kind of insane consider and, and scary. If you're in the journalism field that a company that big is not secure. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. How like it it is like one of those sites that you would still like look at a bunch of articles or maybe even like get some content from every once in a while, mm -hmm. but for them to file for bankruptcy, it just makes you question like how sustainable something like this could be. And again, like Vice TV is not part of this lawsuit, so I don't know what that means. I or not lawsuit this bankruptcy filing so mm -hmm. i don't know because if it's if since it's with a and e the um again the the other television channel company they think that is a partnership between them i don't know if that's secure enough to be able to go on or if it may be just part of a different settlement a different purchase whatever um by other investors but so far it's again it's just the online stuff but damn that's once worth $5.7 billion now worried about not having any money at all. Scary. You know, what's not scary, Kevin mm. Jack black facts. <laughs> <laughs> so fresh off of his cultural phenomenon, win with the Mario movie and him playing Bowser in the peaches song, which everybody loves. Um, Tenacious D, his band, came out with a song called Video Games. Have you seen it, Kevin? I have not. All right. I'm going to, like, go watch it really quickly. Here, let me drop you the link to it if I can get it really quickly. Um, and it's not going to show in the audio because I'm going to cut it, but we're going to come back after Kevin has watched this. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Tenacious. So, Kevin, now that you've watched it, and hopefully the listeners will have paused and gone to watch it, too, if they haven't seen it yet, but thoughts overall? Good. This is very much Tenacious D, very much Jack Black. Um, I really hope that this means Jablinski Games comes back. <laughs> if this is the theme, is this a hint? Uh, but other than that, like, yeah, it's, it's a standard Tenacious D song. I, I would love to see, like, you know, more of this. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be great. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely see where this leads. So pretty much it's Jack. This music video is Jack Black singing about how he doesn't have time to play video games while mentioning that he all the video games that he plays. And he, it's him as Mario. He shows up as Link, uh, as um, Ryu from Street Fighter, as a Minecraft version of him. He's there Sonic, Lara Croft, Kratos. Um, I didn't play Team Fortress 2, but he's... I did. Team I played way too much. <laughs> Who's the red guy that he is? I haven't, I haven't oh, played yeah, him. he's a scout. A scout. Okay. Scout from Team Fortress 2. 
uh, Mega Man, uh, and a naked cowboy from Red Dead Redemption, among others. It's it's just so good. It's like it's very geeky. It's very fun. Um, it just shows that Jack Black and the Tenacious D team and all the animators are just as much as geeks as we are. And it's a very good love letter to video games. So um, just another reason to appreciate video games and geek culture and Tenacious D and Jack Black. Yeah. Um, in, in other wholesome news, um, not, 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 not everyone's going to care about this one, but I cared because it's very hard to find a lot of representation for Filipino folks in the media, unless it's like, Joe Coy. Joe Coy, pretty much. Or the very brief reference to Ned and his Lola in uh, Spider-Man. But Sesame Street welcomed their first Filipino Muppet. He is a four-year-old boy named TJ who um, just recently made his debut. And he was in a sequence with Cal Penn, who you might know from the Harold and Kumar movies. But he his whole segment was about um, learning confidence and he says that he learned he was learning confident. Well, no, backtrack a little bit. Um, he says it, it's a segment about confidence, and he, one of the things he says is, uh, "I'm learning Tagalog. It's my it's a language my Filipino family speaks, and I have confidence because I can always ask my Lola to for help when I don't know a word. And for those of you who don't know and don't know Tagalog, Lola is just the Tagalog word for grandmother. Um, but yeah, so it he's a cool kid and it's great to see um asian american representation especially during asian american pacific islander heritage month he's not the first asian muppet to be on sesame street that honor goes to g young who is a a young korean girl but yeah i i watched it like i mean i still love sesame street and the muppets like some people might find that kitty but like sesame street's always been good and they do really good parodies of like adult pop culture things like their game of thrones parody which was like game of chairs um they did one on house of cards which was really good can't remember the other ones that i've seen recently but if you get a chance to watch a a muppets sesame street parody of of any like adult show the the writing behind it is so so good like you can tell the writers know what they're doing. They're not just like, hey, this is popular with the adults. We can just throw it in there so that the adults who are watching their kids will laugh a little bit. But no, like, no, these people actually watch the shows so they're parodying. It's it's great. But I don't think I don't know if TJ is gonna be in a in one of those parodies because he's only four years old. Um moving on. So Kevin, Pokemon cards. Do you collect them? I can't remember if you collect them or if you're mostly Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm mostly Yu-Gi-Oh, but like if if it's got cool art, I might I might collect a copy of it just for myself. I mean, okay. personally, I'm looking for like Claude Sire because Claude Sire mm. is my homie. So okay. if I do see a good Claude Sire one, I'm a, I'm gonna go get it. Okay, so imagine like you, there's a Claude Sire like a guaranteed Claude Sire pack, but you're not allowed to buy because you're an adult. How would that make you feel? Sad. I'm the one okay. with the money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So initially when I when I looked up this story, I was like, oh, this is kind of insane. But that's just because Unilad is 
terrible at report was and this story in particular unilad was just really bad with their reporting so joe harker um maybe go back and add like complete details before you publish um so there's a store in japan in um akihabara which i think mm-hmm. they claim to are are they the biggest pokemon store in the world kevin that's what i've read about uh them. i I guess so. Maybe. Um, I know. I know Akihabara because I've been doing. I've been doing my research. Right, because you're going um, to Japan, right? Yeah, that's that's going to be in August. But mm. like Akihabara is like the. It used to be the tech central, like where if you were to build your own computer or like build anything out of tech, you would go to uh, Akihabara and look at like. There's like literally like computer shops all the way down the line. Um, mm-hmm. but it's been kind of a hub recently for like anime and like gaming culture as well. So, um, I went there back in 2016. They have like card shops that line every single part. Like you can, you can go in, they got like a Yu-Gi-Oh card shop. Everything's labeled. Um, they, they got like figurines. They got multiple like arcades on the street. Um, they have a Carl's Jr. That's what I know. Oh wow! Um, but like America. <laughs> America. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to just like walk down the street. I've seen it in games and stuff, but it's like better to clearly like experience everything and just walk down the street and be like, oh okay, this is like what card shops and animate looks like and everything. So if you're a huge like weeb like me. Mm-hmm. Akihabara is like a must go to, like a spend a spend a day there. Okay. So if if you're going there and you are going to Hararuya 2, which is again the world's self-proclaimed largest Pokemon trading card store, um you might not be able to buy any Pokemon cards depending on like how much stock they have. Um this was officially announced with the release of the um the Clayburst and Snowhazard new booster packs from Pokemon, but according to Kotaku and not according to Unilad because it seems like they're wrong. So if, if you're if you're in Akihabara and you're going to the Hararuya 2 store, which is the world's self-proclaimed, or they self-proclaim themselves to be the world's largest Pokemon store, if you are older than junior high or high school, according to Unilad, you're not allowed to buy any Pokemon cards. But according to Kotaku, that store is allocating half of their stock to just be sold to kids who were in high school and junior high and younger and the other half is to the general population um which seems to make more sense than just saying no you can't buy any pokemon cards at all like unilad was saying uh but this is seems to be an effort to allow kids to enjoy collecting pokemon cards as well because considering how like kind of monopolized the pokemon collecting industry has been by adults who are either buying cards just to hoard them or to resell them or to just to flip them or whatever. Um, They're trying to put a stop to that and make sure that at least some kids are going to be getting Pokemon cards if they want to, because it's less likely that they're going to be trying to flip them as opposed to adults who are probably mostly buying them just to make a profit. So I understand it. It's not as bad as I thought it was. But like, it's it kind of sucks if like all the other adults have bought all their packs to just flip them, and now you can't enjoy them. Yeah, I could I could see why that would be a thing. 
And I'm glad that like they're allocating some for the kids because that's like what you build your childhood off of. Like right. you, you right. like I remember going to card shops and you know buying a pack uh, here and there and making sure that like I had enough to like enjoy the game and still play the game, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I I do understand the idea of like yeah we want to sell we want to get product sold, um, but it's also like. The adults are the ones who make the money. <laughs> right. Um, so like does that mean half your sock? Yeah. Gift or something. Yeah. Does it does that does that count? Do you have to like show a picture of your kid? Or then, then people are just gonna come in with random pictures of random kids. Then like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the last thing from me, which also you put on the notes page as well, is that Overwatch PvE is dead. Yeah. How how do you feel about this, Kevin? I uh, I mean, I feel like it was a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, we had like not a lot happening in the game, mm-hmm. and the fact that like we got Overwatch to announce like four years ago with and like the promise of PVE was kind of one of the reasons that a lot of people were like putting and playing. Overwatch 2 for the most part. Yeah, um, a lot of people were just waiting for that to come out. Yeah, which myself included. I was just kind of waiting for, you know, and the the PvE to actually happen. Um, so I could at least play with my friends. But uh what we ended up getting, uh we we ended up losing PvE, but also like the fact that we have lost 6v6. Uh <laughs> there's no going back to that now. Um so yeah, overall it's just like awkward it feels really awkward that a lot of us a lot of people have invested time and money into playing this game with the promise of there being a pve at some point and then they're just gonna like scrap the whole thing so let me read what the statement was from blizzard today and this is from executive producer jared nias or noose i don't know how to pronounce it um development on the pve experience is not has not really hasn't IGN you need to proofread what you're writing development on the PV experience hasn't really made the progress that we have hoped the team has created a bunch of amazing content so there's awesome missions that are really exciting there's brand new enemy types that are super fun to fight and some truly great and ridiculous hero talents but unfortunately the effort required to pull all of that together into a blizzard quality experience that we can ship to you is huge and there really is no end in sight or defined kind of end date where we can put that into the world and so we are left with another difficult choice do we continue to pour all that effort into pve hoping we can land it at some point in the future or do we stick to this set of values that we have aligned on and focus on the live game and focus on serving all of you with everything we have learned about what it takes to operate this game at the level you deserve, it's clear that we can't deliver on the original vision for PvE that was shown in 2019. What that means is that we won't be delivering the dedicated hero mode with talent trees, that long-term tower, long-term talent power progression. Those things are just not in our plans anymore, and we know that this is going to be disappointing to many of you, which is why we wanted to bring it up before we talk about the roadmap. And to be perfectly honest, it's been really difficult for many of us and a lot of folks on the team that pour their heart and soul into this stuff. So there's that. I am not buying it at all. Um, 
clearly they had like they have missions ready they were hyping up this skill tree thing for so long like what were you doing in that period of time that you couldn't ship it out like other games have been able to do talent trees with missions in like co-op and, and whatever like how how has destiny been able to do this for two whole games now and you can't blizzard um i'm gonna put on my conspiracy theory hat here and say that they're scrapping it because they want to monetize and they want to just pump into like the longevity of the game they want they're trying to like buy okay so so blizzard's plan is that they're going to release the story missions still we just won't have that like dedicated like pve mode always available we won't have the talent trees which was a huge um draw Selling that point. like you could yeah it's like you, you could personalize your play experience with different abilities for different heroes and like so that every single time you play and whenever you play with different people playing different roles, it's going to be a different experience every time because of what people chose to devote their skill tree progression on. We're not getting that. Apparently, we're allegedly still going to get the planned missions in a archives type special mode release whenever Blizzard sees fit to do it. I think that they just said, hey, we're just going to do this to help monetize, to keep the longevity, to keep people coming back for whenever the, there's a new event mode. Um, obviously, this has pissed a lot of people off. If you look at any of the memes on the internet, I think by scrapping it, I think they were they were trying to keep their game alive somehow, but they probably underestimated how much people are going to be mad about this, how much people don't want to pay for their stupid monetization things considering how much things cost in the blizzard store um i think that they probably didn't realize that some people were just playing this game and holding on and waiting for that pve i think that by scrapping it they have just doomed this game i think that the community is not probably not like immediately but over the next year or two i think it's gonna die i think blizzard is crashing and burning and good riddance because if you're not going to spend your time developing a game that you announced four years ago and you're just going to spend it harassing and assaulting your employees then you don't deserve to make video games anymore and if you can't deliver on the promises you've made you don't deserve to make video games anymore yeah i i agree that like you promised back in 2019 that it would be PVE, and the fact that like it's completely scrapped. Like even my friends and I, like who played this game competitively for like two to three years almost, like we just feel like there's no, there's nothing that's new that's really keeping us coming back. Like yeah, you could introduce new heroes and everything, but like for the most part, the gameplay is, feels exactly the same and we wanted something to kind of spice that up mm -hmm. and that was originally going to be pve but if, if you're not going to be able to deliver on something like that like at least the least you can do is give us a heads up of what's on the horizon for blizzard right because mm -hmm. like if you if you were to do this if you were to just say oh yeah we're we're, we're done we're not going to do pve anymore but then announce like be like okay but we are working on something else 
right? Like that's the only way how you can bring people back is by like giving us an excellent gameplay trailer of something in the future that we could all look forward to. But even so, like it feels like can't we even trust you with our wallets if the game that you told us was going to come out four years ago isn't even here yet. The thing about Kevin about giving us a trailer is they gave us a trailer. They showed us gameplay and they still didn't deliver. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like trailers are good, but you have to deliver on the trailer. And now with Blizzard reneging on that, like we can't trust anything that they put out. Like the, the Blizzard as a company with all their bad publicity, with all the lawsuits that they're losing, with all all the awful things that they have done, they needed a win, and they just they shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, what's the whole point of Overwatch 2 was going to be the PvE, which then they pushed until, I think, was it this year? Yeah, they pushed it supposed to be coming out this year, and now they're scrapping it. So what, what was the whole point of Overwatch 2 anyway? Now that it's gone. They wanted to take away a tank and they needed to find an excuse. Ugh. Bring back 6v6 if you're going to take away PV. If you're not going to give us PVE, give us 6v6. Yeah. <laughs> mm. This feels really bad. Like, I was so looking forward to it. And now that we don't get it, it's like, why am I playing this game anymore? Oh, like, yeah. Because even I have friends who play it still. Yeah, like even as a meme, a lot of us were like, all right, if we're not going to get PvE, let's just get Overwatch skins and Left 4 Dead and just play Left 4 Dead. Like, oh, yeah. That that has been the answer right now. Um, but we I were also we're saying like, to the Gundam game. Yeah, I was saying that there's there's a Gundam game. I was looking at Exo Primal as a meme. Um, that's the Overwatch with dinosaurs in it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so we still have that on the horizon. That's not out yet. So that's another one that I'm like, maybe I could get my friends to play Exo Primal. That might be a fun one. Um, but yeah, we'll see it. We'll see where it ends up going. And uh, hopefully, like, they can fix that up. Hopefully they can hopefully they can get that done. And not shoot their own esports in the foot, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin, how long do you realistically think that Overwatch has? I give it two. Ooh. I give it two years before it's dead completely. Mm, I give it to the end of the Overwatch season this year. Really? Whenever, whenever the esport ends this year is when they're gonna pack up and go. I think that is the play. Wow. Okay, that's a that's a very short timeline. Because, like, I honestly think, like, here's the thing: a lot of players were sticking around for PVE because that was gonna be the new exciting thing. You take away the thing that like brings a lot of people like you're layman people in, right? Who's left? You're pretty much the people who play the game competitively and people who play it for like, you know, that whole experience and like the people who do play, you know, competitive every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Or like play with their friends. That is a very small percentage of us now. Right. Like that is if anything overwatch is going to be like the next niche game that barely anybody plays um and that's what it will end up being and i mean you can't say that that was our fault for not liking the game it's just like you you fumbled it you fumbled it pretty hard there blizzard i can't can't give you anything else so 
I think that is that is a play. Literally, when Overwatch the competitive season ends for this year, it is it is going to be done. Like there, there's not going to be anything supporting it at Blizzard World. There's not going to be enough people who play Overwatch to play at Blizzard World or like play for the play for like the what is it the BlizzCon event, the World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. I I just think that it it dies there, and the only thing that like they could do to possibly fix this is either a like seriously give it give us pve i mean like they're not gonna do it but like if you're gonna try to do it for the sake of longevity at least give us like give us that demo that you played in 2019 like that's all i'm asking like even that is gonna be tough but like honestly it, it just feels like you're shooting yourself in the foot this feels like what happened when you fumbled the bag with with the brig meta for three like Ugh. more than three months goats. of just the same stuff? Like, yeah, I abused goats because I was playing, I was I was playing that meta. I was literally all the tanks. So like, it just feels really bad. Like we we can't do anything, and it feels like everything is all the same. So yeah, uh. I don't I don't I don't know what you need. Mm. So sad because like I used to really I, I mean I still really enjoyed playing with, with friends, but um so they they announced Overwatch 2 four years ago, right, Kevin, in 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to have been working at, on it for, for longer because you don't just announce a game and drop a trailer on something you're not working on. You've been working on it, you've got usable footage and, and gameplay uh-huh. to show. Plus, they had like trials of it, so at least five, six years that you've been working, quote unquote, working on Overwatch Two. What happened? What do you think happened? Where where did all that work go? What were the, what, what was Blizzard doing the entire time? Yeah, uh, not updating Overwatch. That's one. Um, <laughs> oh, they were. Oh, wait, hold on. They were fixing Horizon Lunar Colony in Paris. Um, oh God. Yeah, uh, that's what they were doing. Um, no, but in all seriousness, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to all that work. Uh, is it going to translate over to a different game, maybe? Uh, we'll see, but I honestly don't know what else you can do with the fact that... Yeah, like, over Overwatch, unfortunately, like, the PvE dreams are dead. So, the question is, who's left? Who's gonna stay? Who's gonna keep your overwatch dreams alive and uh because blizzard clearly has abandoned it right now Mm -hmm. they've abandoned us you know what hasn't abandoned us kevin Mm. anime and manga yeah they they don't they don't leave uh they they're still here um but yeah let's uh let's go ahead and hop into a couple other things um we're gonna start off with people getting angry at Pokemon Unite, um, more of like the fan base. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even lying about this. Uh, there was a Reddit article that literally went up like a couple, I would say a couple hours ago, um, about all these Pokemon Unite players who are really like mad with the way how the game is currently played out in the current meta and the current patch. Uh, sounds familiar. Um, now that we're transitioning from that from uh, Overwatch. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, right now we've had a really big problem in the Pokemon Unite community where it's literally you play Zacian, which is the, the sword dog, play the sword dog or you play the water bear. Really? Like, that's it. You play Urshifu or you play Zacian. That's it. Um, they have ridiculous power, like ridiculous amount of damage since they've been released. They have been like a must pick, almost like a staple pick in every single game. And they had a supporting cast, which made them super annoying. And then they released a patch literally uh, this weekend, which said, yeah, um, about the overpowered Pokemon, we're not touching them. No. Um, nothing happened to them. They nerfed and adjusted a bunch of other Pokemon like Comfey. Comfey definitely needed the nerf um, because it was a little bit overbearing when the when the mystical leaves hit you. Magical leaves, that's what it's called. When magical leaves hit. And um, a lot of players were like, okay, well, I can't even hide. I can't run um, because of the leaves. Uh, so they, they nerfed that down. But um, the amount of damage that the sword dog can output, same thing with Urshifu, either water water or single strike, they are just way too strong. And a lot of players are saying there's not a lot coming out from Timmy that's showing us that they want this to change at all. And... Um, yeah, it's been getting to a point where a lot of players have left the scene and or are discouraged to continue playing and continue to play more of the game just because you know, it's the same thing. And uh, I don't I don't blame them. that's the same same thing that happened in Overwatch where you had the same yeah, the same composition for everything. Um, we're slowly getting into that in Pokemon Unite and hopefully Timmy can learn from Blizzard's mistake put in a patch to at least like remedy or at least address some of these things that are happening. Um, it would be really interesting to see how it ends up playing out here. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's it in terms of the update news, but we'll give you the fun stuff because this is what Pokemon Unite is actually good at. They're good at releasing characters and like just dropping it on us in waves. So um, the latest Pokemon we got was Lapras. Lapras is very strong. Actually, had to have a nerf in the latest patch in order to balance it out. Um, um, but still hasn't touched the Sword Dog or the Water Bear, so that's unfortunate. But um, the next two Pokemon that are shown and are at least confirmed are two more evolutions. So we are getting Umbreon, and we are getting Leafeon as the mm. next two Pokemon in the game. Um, with those two being added, it will officially have five EVs in the game. Um, so we have Sylveon, Glaceon, and Espeon already in the game. So it's you can run a full EV team. It is possible. Um, we don't know the rules of everybody yet, so that's going to be another thing to keep in mind. Um, and a very interesting thing uh, to watch out for later down the line. Um, but... The one that they announced after that, which they also have announced, is Inteleon. So Inteleon, the the water sniper from Galar, is going to be joining Pokemon Unite as well. I'm excited to see what kind of abilities it gets. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be kind of like Decidueye, where you get to play from the back line, deal damage quickly, and a lot of damage. Um, so we'll definitely have to see how Inteleon works and how that is going to kind of play into the rest of the Pokemon Unite meta. Um, but yeah, overall, like people in terms of competitive gaming, very sad about like what the state of the game is at the moment. But, um, if anything, if you're a newer player, welcome to the, welcome to Pokemon Unite. If you want to take a shot, 
um, lots of new Pokemon in the game, lots of variety. Um, and yeah, you just got to go ahead and uh, figure out what works best for you. And good luck not running into the two broken meta Pokemon. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, Why do but, you yeah. think that they haven't like updated or, or nerfed those two um, Pokemon if that's what the entire community is complaining about? I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what could um are they just working on it and tweaking it still or, or like I've, why I feel like they may be over prioritizing giving us new content rather than fixing the content mm-hmm. they have now. Um and I also feel like another thing is in the competitive scene, when you play um like in competition and in tournaments, um they have a pick ban phase. So you you ban out two pokemon at the start and then you alternate picks. Um, going two at a time until the very end. So first pick, you get one Pokemon at the start, then two, 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 one, you know, um, just to round out your squad. They don't have that in competitive, which is kind of kind of weird. Um, they should implement that into competitive as well, and that might shake up the way how um, the competitive ladder feels, and I feel like that is healthy for the game as well. Um, that way we don't have to... We can, we can ban out the Pokemon that we're not used to seeing, uh, but we could also pick up Pokemon and players that we can see fit the role better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that is going to be something that's really interesting later down the line as well. Um, yeah. Um, but pretty much it's like they're they're not fixing the current game because they're working on the newer Pokemon to come out. Um, they're probably going to follow the same trend that a lot of MOBAs do where the Pokemon is pretty, pretty strong at the start. Um, and then it dips off pretty hard moving into the actual like meta. And by the time that they actually fit in, they have more of a niche role or like a specifically typed role uh, rather than having to just be this powerhouse right out the gate. So I think that is the current state of Pokemon Unite. Hopefully they fix something and address it to the rest of the uh, rest of the community as well. Alrighty, let's go ahead and move on into the manga recommendation for this week. Um, I've been going back quite a bit, um, going back to an eighties manga actually. Um, and it is slam dunk, um, with, there is a lot of things going on in terms of slam dunk. Um, even though it is an old manga, um, there is a movie coming out, um, that should be heading over to the States pretty soon. It's called the first slam dunk, um, has the same characters from slam dunk, just kind of goes over their first game and the kind of arc. I, I'm assuming it's like the first arc of Slam Dunk. Um, and it's just redone, reanimated. Um, that way it doesn't have to look like it's from the 80s and it might be a little bit more fresh. Um, a really interesting thing about this series is like, I'm reading through it. I love basketball. I'm a basketball fan. I enjoy the game. Um, being able to watch this, it's, it's, uh, it's less like... It, it is still like characters growing. It's kind of a slice of life, but like there are elements of just basketball in there. There are like characters, you, you know, working hard to do whatever they want. Uh, but the main character you follow has no basketball experience whatsoever um, and then ends up getting recruited to the basketball team and trying to find their role and trying to figure out how they can uh, be a part of the team and feel like they're contributing. Um, I'm only through book one. It's very solid. It's a very... I can see why it's considered a classic. Um, there are 31 volumes of Slam Dunk out there. So um, if you ever do decide to collect it, like like me slowly, um, definitely go, go ahead and pick it up. 
Um, I think that it is a fun space. one. I do need to get more shelf space, but it does look really nice on the shelf. It does have that that old school, uh, what I would describe, uh, classic Shonen Jump spine, where it's like the title, um, a little bit of like a small art of like what's on the cover in the in the bottom part of it. Um, it just looks like a very standard um, old school Shonen Jump book. If you ever look at like the spines of like Naruto and Bleach and so on and so forth, it's it's very classic in that matter and it will easily fit on the shelf that way. Um, but yeah, Slam Dunk, uh, that is my recommendation for this week. Um, would recommend it. Um, there is also another really interesting thing is like um, in Japan, when you go see a movie, um, I, I learned about this, like you're not supposed to like react to anything so that everybody in the theater can like enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, uh, us take note it's just like normal like it's socially accepted that everybody is quiet in the theater even during a horror movie um you, you just want to be but as quiet you, as possible um how do you control that though sometimes sometimes you don't but like it it's okay as long as you're not like bothering anybody else um and that's how it is but for the slam dunk movie they put out a specific poster that said you are supposed to scream and yell and cheer on the team in this movie. And so they have specific posters that they were saying you're allowed That's to okay. cheer. You're allowed to, you're allowed to yell during this movie if you feel like it. And uh, some of the, some of the people are really into it and it is true because like, it feels like you're a part of the spectating event, which is really an interesting thing that, you know, the, the creator of slam dunk decided to, so allow so it's it's a very interesting like side bit uh for this movie and i'm excited to see i'm I'm excited to see it when it comes over to the states uh it'll probably be kind of like the same thing as what suzume did where it will have a limited release and if it does well it might stay in theaters for a little bit more so mm-hmm. um i i mean i wouldn't expect it to be like a big hit but maybe after you know the nba finals if they were to drop you know the first slam dunk immediately after uh, that might get all the weebs and the basketball players people uh, back into it to go ahead and watch this. Um, so would recommend uh, taking a peek at Slam Dunk if you do want to see what a classic Shonen Jump manga looks like. Plus, get ready for the movie that might be coming out around the corner. Kevin, do you believe that the 80s were 40 years ago? Yeah, it's, a, it's a long time. <laughs> we weren't alive then. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, 40 uh, years, ew. It's it's a it's a long time. Um, but yeah. Um let's go on from the manga recommendations to the manga releases. Um, this is usually the last part of the show. It's gonna be get super quick. Uh that way we can go ahead and enjoy everything else that's a- along the horizon or coming up on the horizon. So uh this week we have zombie one hundred volume ten. Um, if you guys enjoy the Zombie 100 series, make sure to pick this one up. Um, it is a pink cover. Very, very pretty um, art and very funny premise still. Um, uh, Huddle also is still doing really great um, writing and the art is just popping on this as well. So uh, would recommend it if you guys are continuing on the series. And then the ridiculously long one, uh, Reborn as a Vending Machine. So now I wander the dungeon. Uh, that is also out as a manga, yeah, it's about a person who gets isekai'd or reborn into the next world as a vending machine. Um, uh, 
I thought I've seen all the premises, but this one's a new one. So, um, yeah, we're I'm I'm gonna pick it up just out of sake of curiosity. We'll see how it goes. Um, next week, um, next week is the 23rd. I'm keeping a big eye on this one because the 23rd is kind of one of those crazy days that manga is like just released. It's like oh, they open the floodgate on this day and everybody like rushes to the store to go ahead and get them. Um, so the 23rd, um, in no particular order is going to be for me personally, I'm keeping up with one dance. So one dance five comes out. Uh, that is the one about, uh, break dancing, hip hop dancing, um, and kind of like this dance vibe thing. Um, I've, I've been really enjoying the series. I'm slowly getting through it. Um, Delicious in Dungeon 12, uh, Dungeon Meshi has returned. It went on hiatus for quite a while, and now Book 12 is on the horizon and finally going to be, be released into uh, in English. So if you want to get Dungeon Delicious in Dungeon 12, um, it is coming out on the 23rd. Um, on top of that, we have Non-Kilo 11, which is how heavy are the dumbbells that you lift. Um, if you guys have ever wanted to actually read a manga about physical fitness, um, non-kilo actually does help you with form and like tells you like what you need to specifically look at when you're working out um some diet trends as well like things to focus on things to cut back on if you're trying to lose weight um but overall it is just a fun uh kind of etchy manga would recommend it if you are trying to actually learn how to work out though um <clears throat> these last two are things that i've been keeping in my mind and have checked for quite a while um, one of them is riding off of a new hype. Uh, that is Oshinoko 2. Um, if you guys are watching Oshinoko, it is the anime out right now about the idol. Um, if anybody has seen, uh, you know, art of this, you know, pink idol with star shaped irises, um, that's where it's from. Um, make sure to go ahead and check it out. Episode one goes over the entirety of volume one. Um, and I read the entirety of volume one in one sitting and I was emotionally shook by it. And I'm glad that it was done in one episode for the anime as well, because now everybody is shook by it. So um, I'm excited to see what book two has to offer. I know that the anime is pushing it a little bit further, um, but I do like going back to the source material in particular for this one. So Oshinoko 2 is that book to go ahead and pick up. That's coming out on the 23rd as well. Last but not least, the one that I have been circling forever, trying to get my hands on this book. Um it is Horimiya 16. Um, if you guys have ever heard of Horimiya, it is a romance, teen romance series um, about two kids who have very different lives at school than at home. Um, and they all like these two kids learn how to like kind of deal with each other, but they end up falling in love. They end up going out. Um, and it's really interesting to see how this teen romance kind of evolves from it just being like, oh, I think you're cute, whatever, let's hang out. So more like deeper understandings of like, okay, you may be socially isolated. It is not on, it's like on us to help you grow. Um, but Horimiya for the longest time, by longest time, I mean a year and a half, has only had 15 volumes out in the States. Um, the author has held this book back for about a year and a half. Um <laughs> Uh, it has been a Japan exclusive until next Tuesday. Um, Horimiya 16 is supposed to take a time leap uh, forward to see how the characters have progressed um, after graduation. Um, and I'm excited to go ahead and finally 
read the conclusion of the series. Um, I have one through 15 on my shelf already. It is very pretty. Um, it looks like a, you know, a shoujo romance, like spine thing over there, but it's pretty. Okay. Um, and the story's good. So I have to give them that. So overall, um, lots coming out on the 23rd. Um, and a lot to keep in mind moving forward. Um, yeah, that is that is going to be it for the manga releases. Uh, make sure to keep up to date with your anime watching if you are watching the anime. Uh, for me, I'm taking it really slow this season. I know that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of really really good series that are out. Um, but I'm taking my time because I'm a binge watcher. I wait until the end of it to go ahead and get through. Um, it's probably only until I eventually get spoiled on t- on Twitter um, that you know it's time to watch a demon slayer right so that, that's pretty much how it works uh but for me um just reading some books slowly um reading up on things that i may need to catch up on and uh saving my wallet for the inevitable uh convention that i am going to at the end of the month um if you guys i guess i'll plug that now since uh, i brought it up so <laughs> um it is closer to the end of the month um Memorial Day weekend in if you guys are in the Bay Area, SF Bay Area, we do have Fanime, which is the largest fan held convention for anime. Um, if you guys do want to meet me in person, feel free to drop by the Gamer Lounge uh, anytime past 8 p.m. Um, 8 or 10 p.m. It depends on the day. Um, 8 p.m., 10 p.m. Um, I will be there hosting Jackbox once again. Um, but I will also be casting Valorant and Puyo Puyo Tetris this year. Um, going to be doing a lot of different uh casting and commentating gigs throughout this entire uh convention. So, um, yeah, feel free to drop by if you guys do listen to this, want to say hi to me. I will be there. Um, literally all the days. I'm going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and going home Monday. So it's definitely like a whole weekend plus a couple days event. Um, and yeah. Um, if you guys are interested in hanging out with me, feel free to hit me up during the con. Um, I will definitely be hanging around the gaming lounge late at night. Um, but other than that, yeah, um, that's pretty much what I got this week in Geek. Ooh, I said the title. Roll credits. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, if I was in the Bay Area, I would go. But alas, I am not. And I will probably be working. The entire time. Um, life advice, Kevin. Go, because we need some good advice now. Okay. Uh, it, life sucks. Yeah. Um, if if you don't like your, your the situation you're in, uh, leave. That's that the best I can tell you. Um, I, I left my escape room literally last Wednesday. Um... Yeah, like literally a week ago. Um it felt good, not going to lie. Um but um it, I knew that it was time to go. Sometimes it is better to take a step back, take yourself out of the comfort zone and uh realize that you got to move on. Um a lot of my friends have also done that since we've uh as a lot of our friend group has left the escape room. Mm-hmm. Um we're all stepping back trying to figure out like what we want to do next, but we are still hanging out and uh doing that so i guess the advice is uh hang out with your friends 
touch grass unless you're allergic like me then stay inside and play video games with your friends online the end <laughs> only touch grass if you're not allergic i'm allergic so i can't go outside i that's a medical thing you're excused <laughs> thank you well thanks guys for tuning in this week um we will get back to you next week with all the internet shenanigans from the world of pop culture. Hope you stay happy and safe until then and try not to cry too much over how Blizzard has betrayed us once again. But thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.